This is my baby sister, Judith. There are five of us children. I'm the oldest girl. And each of us girls are born five years apart. So I have a little sister, Susan, and Judith here. In 2013, Judith passed away from colon cancer. She was diagnosed at stage four. And little did I know at that time that 10 years later, I'd be waking up from a routine colonoscopy with the doctor holding my right hand in both of his and saying, it looks like cancer. I'm sorry. Well, what do you do with that? I've been keeping up with my colonoscopies. I've gone to non-GMO grains. I've taken my probiotics. I've been back to exercising regularly in the last five years. I guess that's all I could do. But still, I'm sitting here with a diagnosis of rectal cancer. So let me give you the timeline. Last October, I started having some vaginal bleeding, which is a problem. I've been 10 years into menopause. I was no longer having menstrual periods. And suddenly, for some reason, I were getting, getting little plugs and, and mucus and some bleeding. So when you get up to age 55 or so, so generally the medical uh, profession says you only need to have a gynecological exam every five years or something like that. So I wasn't due for one of those. And she decided, well, now we need to put you in for, let me see, how does this go? Did I have the, okay, so, so let me try again. So the PCP, primary care physician says, well, I'm gonna send you to a gynecologist and she also ordered some tests where you would do the ultrasound, yada, yada. And I went to the ultrasound and they did all of that. And then I went to the gynecologist who used a meat cleaver or egg beater or something to do this gynecological exam because it was the most painful one I ever experienced. And she said to me at that time that based on the ultrasound, there were some fibroids who had, that, that had developed in my uterus. And um, she thought she needed to kind of get those out of there. Fine. All right. Do that. I went through that. They removed whatever fibroids were there. And apparently they were not cancerous, yada, yada. But here's the deal. The day after she did this painful gynecological exam, I started bleeding from the rectum. So I've had situations where that has happened in the past. It was kind of those hemorrhoids had broken loose or whatever. And, and, but this didn't stop. I bled for 10 days straight. And, uh, so again, the primary care physician said, eh, that ain't right. Now, what you have to know is that, uh, I had a boyfriend back in the early 2000s who was diagnosed with like stage three or four colon cancer. He passed away from it. It was shortly after he got his diagnosis and passed away that my baby sister was diagnosed. So I'm going my behind to get these colonoscopies, okay? 
I was going on a regular basis. They'd find polyps sometime, and then they wouldn't find any polyps. When they found them, they would remove them, yada, yada, yada. Well, the last colonoscopy I had was 2018. And the guy told me, come back in 10 years. Now, I'm thinking, I should have thought then, what is he talking about? I've got a close relative, a sister, who just passed away before the age of 60 of colon cancer, and he telling me to come back in 10 years. You know how your brain does, so I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm good to go for 10 years. Not. If I hadn't started bleeding, I would still be sitting here five years in, waiting another five years for a colonoscopy. So I'm going to do whatever they tell me. They got to go in there, yada, yada, yada. I think I'm going to go to sleep and wake up, everything's fine. We found some polyps, we cut them out. But they find this mass this time. Now, I'm thinking, now what am I gonna do with this? So I said, all right, it, it, you go into shock. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, okay. So at this point, he said he saw it, he's sorry. Now, I don't get nothing from this guy like, oh, it's stage three, stage two, it's metastasis, none of that, okay? So I've got to wait for these biopsies to come through. Now, I'm on this thing called my chart where the, it's, they're, always, they're always delivering these results electronically so I can get them. And I get the biopsy back. It's talking about high dysplasia at best, suspicious for cancer. What was the point of the biopsy if you're not going to give me a definitive malignant or not? Okay, cool. That's what's going on. So I'll talk to the doctor. What do you want to do? Well, the routine is they send you for a CAT scan. They send you for an MIR. They give you this blood test to determine whether or not cancer floating around in your blood. So I go, I get the CAT scan. At the time of the CAT scan, they take the blood test. Those come back. Cascan said there's no cancer anywhere else in my body. Okay. The blood test comes back normal. No cancer in my blood. Okay. The MIR comes back talking about if there are any doctors out there, you, you can explain this to me. It says T3A and then N1. So According to that, they think that this tumor is a three. Now, it also says that it's less than a millimeter into the anterior, the anterior colon wall. So there's everything in here is indicating wherever this thing is, that it's in there, but it's still within the colon walls. The MIR also indicated that it was suspicious for having touched a lymph node down there. So, okay, cool. All right, we got this thing. None of the tests are coming back supporting what y'all see it now. By now, I'm seeing a surgeon, okay? And this was the, the thing about it. When the colonoscopy doctor was doing the colonoscopy, apparently this doctor, this surgeon that I'm working with was in the area and he called him in to look at it and they both agreed it was cancer. So... I'm thinking, okay, cool. Y'all seeing cancer. Another test coming back like that. Next. What's what's next here? Because I just want the crap out. Now, I got the diagnosis on February 9th. Here this is. I'm recording this on March 5th. 
but wait, <laughs> there's more. So I go into the office. I'm supposed to see the doggone surgeon. I'm assuming this is routine. You go see the surgeon. You meet him. He tells you what the treatment plan is going to be, whether you're going to do chemo or whether or not they're going to just cut it out and yada yada, what stage it is. All right, I go in there, and next thing I know, I'm flipped over on my side. He's in there, up in there, doing what they call a rectal suction biopsy. It wasn't that painful, you know, no, no, no anesthesia or anything. And so I leave there. He tells me that he thinks he can reconnect the colon to the rectum, and that is located in such a place that he thinks he can cut it out and reconnect, which, okay, I'm glad to hear that. That's good news, okay? That means I wouldn't have to wear, wear a bag on my side the rest of my life. And he said it's not in the muscle, which I'm assuming is a good thing. So apparently, just like some of the tests are saying, this thing is not grown into the anterior muscle. So we're still talking about this thing is still within the colon. He says that it feels like a polyp gone bad. Okay, that's good. So that's a good thing. If it developed from a polyp that got into dysplasia, which is a precancerous condition of the cells, then okay, that's a little bit better than it grew from something else. I leave his office. I come there, weather fine, road fine. When I leave his office, this was a day from hell, y'all. I leave his office, and I'm coming home in an ice storm. Now, first of all, you have to know from me that I have trouble seeing when it's dark. I have trouble seeing to drive when there's precipitation in the air. And that day, it was a lot of precipitation and ice. So I white knuckle at home, right? And then I start going to the bathroom. Now, I think I'm passing, passing the usual thing. But like three or four hours later, it's worse. Every 10 minutes I'm in the bathroom and I wasn't passing the usual thing. I was passing straight up blood and clots. After this suction biopsy, so, okay, I emailed the guy. So the first time I go and I see that, I emailed the guy, because you can do that through this system. And he calls me up, hair on fire. Well, you need to come back, you need to come back. I told him the truth, I'm not coming back to your office in this weather. I just white knuckled it home. I'm not driving across town to your office. What are you going to do in your office? Oh, stop the bleeding. Nerve. I figured you'd say that, but okay, that's good enough. No. And he said, well, if it's not going away in about an hour or two, I said, this is what I will give you. I will drive to the emergency room, which is almost at my back door, if I have problems two or three hours from now. But I'm not coming back to your office. Now, by now, it's almost time for his offices to close. So I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's not stopping. So I said, I, I laid on the floor of my office with my feet propped up in my office chair. And I said, if I lay here like this, then maybe the bleeding will stop. I wasn't in that position a good 20 minutes before first my landline, then my cell phone, then my landline, then my cell phone, just blowing it up, man. I said, let me get up and see what the heck is going on. And it's this doctor that did the suction biopsy. Well, when's the last time you went? I said, I'm on the toilet now. Okay, and I said, I'm passing a lot of clots. And he said, you really need to get to the emergency room. I said, okay, I can do that. I'm gonna drive around here to the emergency room. And he said,
said, well, I'm going to I'm going to send somebody up calling here to let them know you're coming. You guys, I drove myself to this emergency room. OK, and. I could barely walk in there. I could not hardly pick up my feet. And when they took my heart rate, it was like 47 beats higher than it normally is. I was over 120 at my heart rate and I was breathing all hard. It was like, man, I'm having trouble getting in here. I go to the bathroom a couple times. I know they needed a hazmat team by the time I got done in there. They had to have a hazmat team go in there. I told them y'all need to get in there and clean that up. Cause, hey, all right. So. They said, well, we're going to send you to surgery. Now, you know, these jokers that deal with you in the emergency room, like everybody trying not to tell you stuff. It's like, what kind of surgery? Well, the surgeon will be in in a minute. So I know to just shut up and wait till I see the surgeon. So about an hour later, finally, the surgeon, come, I, they rolled me in it to see the surgeon. And I said, so what's up? What kind of surgery are you getting ready to do? That people... See, I take people back. It's like, I'm cutting to the chase. I don't have t time for nicey. Hi, how are you? Yada, yada. I don't give a rip how you doing because this ain't about you right now. Just give me the hardcore facts. Give me the hardcore facts. I said, give me worst case scenario. He said, well, I won't give you worst case scenario. He said, I'll take you through the steps. I'll first try the epinephrine shot. And if that doesn't work, then I'll do number two. Then I'll do number three. Then I'll do number four. And if none of that works, then I just have to take out your rectum. I said, okay. I said, well, you didn't start with the worst case scenario, but all right, put me out. I went to sleep. I woke up and they kept me in overnight, all over a biopsy done in the office. Now, y'all, this is biopsy number two. How much of this thing is still left in there? Okay, so. All right, I'm going to try to stay cool, try to keep my head together. It was not easy. I'm not telling y'all that this has been easy on me. That's why I went quiet. I didn't want to talk to anybody, okay? Back to the story. Um, so that happened. And so he and I agreed, this is the deal. Let's just remove the whole thing. Let's just cut out that entire section and clean all the lymph nodes so that I can have some peace of mind and not worry about it coming back with a vengeance, okay? So that was the plan of action. Of course, y'all, this story is not going to be a straightforward story. It can't be because it's my, my freaking life, which never goes in the kind of order, in any kind of order. So, all right, that was our plan. We're going to do that, yada, yada. Scheduled the surgery for March 6th, which would be what, tomorrow? Last Tuesday, I get a call from the surgeon talking about, nah, I'm not comfortable with moving forward with Monday surgery because we still don't have a solid cancer diagnosis. You think everything else coming back? It don't know. You talk about you seeing it, but nothing's lining up with that so yeah i guess you don't have a cancer diagnosis he said what i want to do is i'm gonna put you in here now y'all this is biopsy number three okay on friday which was last friday well, i think it was march 1st or something okay and went in there and put me under and he froze this thing he cut it in half. He sent it off for somebody to look at while they were still in the operating room. And based on that, he told me on the phone that he may just remove the whole thing then. 
Well, that's what he wound up doing. He just removed the mass. Now, this is not the surgery that takes all the lymph nodes and cuts. Because, see, I would have to have a surgery where he would cut a section out, including all the lymph nodes surrounding that section of the colon. And he would restitch that together. But that means I got to wear a bag for three months while all of that heals, right? So that's what I'm all prepped for right now. I've got these two marks on my body where they're supposed to put that thing, right? And that's where my head was. But that changed on Friday, y'all. Okay? That changed on Friday because I, the, for the first time in all of this crap, I was in some serious pain. I woke up from that surgery and I was in some serious pain. I had to never be asking the nurse, what are you shooting into my IV? Like, wh why do I care? I think she was shooting that Oxycontin crap in me. Like, I, my record said, don't give me that mess. That stuff makes me sick, but I did not care. I'd rather be sick than that kind of pain. And I could not eat all for the rest of the day on Friday. I couldn't eat on Saturday. I finally quit taking that crap. I'm not taking this mess because I can't eat. I'm already having, girl, I have lost so much weight just since the 9th of February, y'all. So I'm pulling myself together now from that. But I wrote his behind when I woke up on Saturday morning. Now, I ain't heard from this surgeon. I don't know what's going on. And the person that took me there to bring me home wasn't telling me anything. So she was wanting to be there to kind of pick up, the, you know, what's going on and tell me what I needed to know because I wasn't going to remember. So she got to let it go when he said, well, I'm going to call her this weekend and tell her blah, blah, blah. So she kind of didn't really listen or you know write it down. And she So she told me Saturday what she remembered that he said and everything. It's Sunday. I haven't heard from that doctor yet yet okay he's entitled to his weekend off but it's not my fault if he's not checking his emails and understanding that i ain't going into this surgery on monday because it just i'm still recovering from the trauma of going through it on friday okay so Basically, I'm believing and it's looking to me like it's in a very early stage and that's very important. You have to catch these things very early. And I'm blessed that whatever happened and led up to this starting back in October is a blessing to me because generally we don't get those kind of warnings early on. So because this is very early on in the process, then I, I really believe that I'm going to have a good outcome. I ain't planning on leaving this earth because of this crap. I might leave this earth, don't know how, but it gonna be because of this as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'm just gonna follow sound advice and once I talk to the doctor, I'll make a determination as to whether to just postpone or cancel Monday surgery. But I'm not gonna be there on tomorrow ready because I haven't been, been able to do the three-day prep, which includes pumping a bunch of antibiotics and crap, and I, I can't, I'm having trouble just keeping food down right now. I've lost so much weight because of this, and, um, and because I'm not able to do the prep, I wrote him early Saturday and told him, look, I can't do this right now. I was in some serious pain. That's the first pain I've been in throughout all of this mess, and, uh, it's been a challenge. I just thought I'd better let y'all know what I'm going through. So I don't want you to worry about me. Uh, 
what I'll do is I'll give you guys updates as we go along, as there's stuff to update you on. I appreciate all your prayers and everything, but I don't want y'all worried about me, and I'm not going to make this challenge. That's what I'm calling it, a challenge. I'm not claiming this crap. We're going to do what we need to do to address it. I'm not in denial about it, but this is just part of what I'm going through in my life right now and I am not going to make that the main content of this channel because I am here for y'all and right now I'm going through a challenge in my own life that I just wanted to share with you so if there are any doctors that have any comments about anything I've said put them down below if you have any further questions about this and what I'm going through put them down below I'll try to answer them but I'm going to move on to some other content because I've got a notebook full of stuff I want to tell y'all yeah got some good stuff coming up so i'm gonna get some more things i'm gonna go now i'm gonna get some more things in the can here for, for everybody and so that i can sit down and go into a marathon of editing and, and let you guys know but thanks so much i really 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 appreciate those of you who have to subscribe because that subscribing when you subscribe it's free for those who don't know you just hit the subscribe button and when you guys subscribe, that's such an encouragement to me because the channel just has been growing so slowly that every subscriber I get, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that because that lets me know that there's something here that you find useful in your own life. And that's the reason I'm here. Like I tell the cat, that's the purpose of me and the reason I be is to be that encouragement and that source, that resource that helps you to understand, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah, that's been getting me down. So that you can understand, you don't have to stay stuck like that. So to the extent that you wish to, please be sure to take advantage of your complimentary breakthrough session with me, 30 minutes with me so that we can get on an even keel and see what kind of way I might be able to help you. Uh, that link is below. There are also links to some books, etc., that you can get. But for those of you all who have been supporting me by watching and by viewing these videos and you haven't yet subscribed, click that subscribe button. It's free. Just let me know you're there. And once you click that subscribe button, please leave me a comment. Let me know you click that subscribe button so I can acknowledge, so that I can acknowledge and, uh, and, and, and show my appreciation to you individually. Meanwhile, always remember your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Know that truth.